Hey everybody, it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And you guys are listening to Take the Elevator. Welcome. Welcome again. You guys are so awesome. I have to tell you, Corey, we hit over 300 downloads in the last week. That's our record so far. Yeah, I've seen that. And you have that feeling of being a little kid and you just want to dance around and run around the right. room. <laughs> I had that feeling, but I didn't do it. And then I waited till we got to the bedroom and then I, I did it in my own space. Yeah, I I, really, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Yes. I, it was just joy. It was. Yeah. It is joy. It's pure joy. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful that we are going to get to share this moment with a couple of really special people. And I'm going to introduce Steve and Anna. Welcome to Take Hey, everybody. Hello. Thank you yes. for uh, making room on the elevator for us. Absolutely. <laughs> This is a comfy elevator. I'm going to ask you guys a question. What movies can you think of that has an elevator in it? Devil Wears Prada. Oh, good one. The Matrix. The Matrix. I was thinking Pretty Woman. Well, Ooh. color me happy. There's a seat in here for two. Sofa in here for two. <laughs> there you go, sofa. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> I need to pay more attention to elevators in the movie. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. Well, you guys let us know what movies you can think of with elevators. Send it to us on jenthebuilder.com. We'll be right back. Every day, elevate. Every day. Corey, you know what time it is, right? I do. This used to be a very torturous time for me. I think what happened... The guests being a part of this helped me be able to cope with it a little bit better. I seen that they weren't stressed, so I just tapped into their vibe, and now I'm doing a lot better with this. Right. I'm glad that you have support when we have guests. <laughs> me too. Steve and Anna, do you know what part I'm talking about in our podcast? Uh, Jen, are you referring to maybe Would You Rather? <laughs> yeah, Would You Rather? We have a book, 1 to 2,000. Anna and Steve, what number do you want to go with? 319. Ooh. Oh, that's a specific number. Sounds like a date that's coming up. Is that a March 19th date? Yes. Really? That's a March 19th celebrating 16 years in the house with this lady. Wow. Wow. 16. Hey. We're right on the Woo. same track. Yeah. We're, we're behind. One year behind. And so we will be looking to you for advice, to be the example, and to be all of that. And a sponsor, if you want to be. A sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so 319, and the question is, would you rather fall in love with someone you've known your whole life or just met? It's so crazy that that's the number you picked, and that's the question. Wow. What an amazing kind of segue question, too, right? Jen. Is that really the question? <laughs> so I've got Steve and Anna on Zoom. Wow. And I'm, but can you see that? Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I wish your listeners could see this. This is just too timely. All right. I would rather fall in love with a person that I just met. Any particular would you reason? You want to know why? why? Yes, absolutely. Well, because at one point in time, I fell in love with a person who I had just met. And I'm sitting next to her now on the couch. Aww. I was going to say the opposite. I would rather fall in love with someone that I have that friendship with and I've known very well. And still falling for you. There we go. Full circle. 
so Jen and Corey, when Anna and I met, we were in our undergrad in college, mm-hmm. and we were both attending a campus ministry meeting. I had always seen this beautiful lady sitting in the back seat. For some reason, I could not talk to Anna. She made me so nervous. Anyway, God put us together as team leaders in the same campus ministry. We've been team leads through our life ever since. Well, there you go. That's a beautiful love story. Corey, are you in agreement with Steve or Anna on this one? Um, I'm in agreement with Steve, but not for the same reason. I feel like if I've known someone all my life and I haven't married him, there's probably a really good reason why I haven't married him. <laughs> So I would rather just meet someone like I did and fall in love that way because it's all brand new for me and I do better that way. That's interesting. I don't know if that's a male thing then because I agree with Anna. I think for me, a relationship has always been better after knowing that person and feeling there's that foundation as far as a friendship. Corey, you fell in love pretty quick. Yeah, I knew what I wanted. Yeah. And it took me some time. That's right, Corey. <laughs> it, it took me some time to get there. Like I had to test the waters and it could have been, you know, being a single mom, oh, of yeah. course. And I knew what you wanted too. That's how why I stuck around. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the guys agree, the women agree, but what's beautiful is we've just all come together and two beautiful couples. You guys are going on sixteen years. We're going on fifteen. Hey, it worked out. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Every We are back, and what we're talking about is couples who do crazy things or unheard of things because of passion, pure passion. But before we go there, I would like for our elevators and our listeners to really get to know Steve as an individual and Anna as an individual. If you were to give me three words to best describe yourself, what would those three words be? Ooh, Jen, can we shake it up a little bit? Yeah, please shake it up. I would like to share the three words that I see for Anna. And I'm really curious what words she has for me. (laughs) Steve, I got to tell you, man. I got to tell you, this is dangerous ground you're treading on. (laughs) I got your back. I got your back. But just don't leave me out here hanging, okay? (laughs) You know, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's like, let's just go all in and take the risk, right? All right. Here we go. So... For Anna, I see you as kind, loving, and courageous, which has been really the theme of what I've seen in your character from the very first time I ever met you. And I would have to follow that up with larger than life. (laughs) Steve (laughs) is a party. (laughs) It's always fun. We're always laughing. And so larger than life. Yeah, I can see that. I've seen that side of Steve a couple of times, and I've actually heard a meeting that he was in that I actually described last week about Steve. So, yeah, I can definitely see the larger than life party guy. (laughs) When I first met Steve, Anna, I told Corey, so I think he is more than me, as if that's even possible. Like he's more over the top than I am. And Corey just looked at me like, there's no way. And as he heard Steve a little bit and I tell him stories, he's like, okay, yeah, he's got you beat with the over the top thing. And true story. I got, I got to share this because I don't know if Steve is aware of this. 
we did a research on Steve slightly and came across this YouTube video. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so we've seen this video oh, no. where Steve is rapping. And I just thought, wow, he's rapping. That's kind of cool, but kind of out there a little bit. So when Jen told me that he was a bit more than her, I said, maybe he might be. Corey, I don't know if that can be true. <laughs> you may have I, a point. I, I, <laughs> so funny. Steve, would you say that rapping and performing is part of your passion as an individual? I, I would say it's a way that I express my passion more than it actually being a passion itself. If that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Corey, you were in a band. I was in a band, but it was more of a, a trio and we did songs in harmony. It wasn't so much a band. Nobody was really playing instruments in a live setting at that point. Boy, but you made that sound a whole lot cooler, though, Corey. <laughs> when I, boy bands at one point in time, believe it or not, they were cool. All right. Way back in the 90s. I could prove it. No, I, I am right there with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, that was like in sync days, right? Yeah. Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was all about the boy bands. We're yes. kind of dating ourselves, guys. Let's move on. Right. Let's move on. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. So there's the three words. Let's talk about your passions then individually. Let's start with Anna. Anna, you go first on this. What are your passions? I feel most satisfied in life when I'm encouraging others. Honestly, being in grad school right now, the hardest thing for me is that I can't just spend all my time uh, writing notes and checking in with my people and my team. And so I absolutely love encouraging people. Yes. That is awesome. So you lead a team then. You're working and going to school. Yes, that's correct. And what's that like being in management and having a team? I absolutely love this group of people. And so that makes all the difference. You know, we spend more time with our teams and working sometimes than we can even our own families. And so having people that you enjoy working with, I think makes all the difference. Yes. It's so important to enjoy the people you're working with. Because when you don't, it could be big trouble. How about you, Steve? Tell us what yeah. uh, your passions are. Man, I, I am most satisfied cheering other people forward. It's about the word legacy that comes to my mind and, and I, I use often and the opportunity to help others to succeed and to build legacies of their own that will long surpass me in my life. So your listeners won't be able to see this, but I had drawn this oak tree the other day while I was just really thinking about what does that mean, legacy. There's a quote by Warren Buffett that says, uh, someone is sitting in the shade today because someone else planted a tree a long time ago. I would say for me and Anna, it isn't so much about the tree that we are sitting under for ourselves. We're not planting a, an acorn, so to speak, to have a tree come out of the ground that we can sit under. We're planting the acorns so that future generations will have shade to sit under and will be able to plant acorns of their own. I mean, that, that really drives every decision that I make in terms of career or life. It's just how is it benefiting someone else? I've had a lot of people in my life have really built into me, have poured themselves into me sacrificially of their time, of their wisdom. I mean, just I feel so grateful and so fortunate that my journey, my life's journey had really intersected with some of those individuals. And even here in California, um, just with my team, I'm learning from them every single day. It is about giving back for real. 
Nice. That is a very good statement. And and you gave a nice quote from Warren Buffett about the shade tree. And I'm going to stay in the same vein with uh, Warren Buffett. He says, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. With that in mind, how did you guys feel moving from where you came from to where you are now and understanding what you got yourselves into? <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh. You know, when you think about the word crazy, <laughs> picking up your life, Caring away from your support systems and the things that are familiar to you and moving literally from coast to another coast during a pandemic would be how I would define that word, crazy. This last year has been a year full of change for everybody in the whole world. You know, having to look through different lenses than they had to before. And I would say to one degree, to some large degree, I would say that everybody's had to transition and make moves, you know, whether physically or it's a shift in their perspectives that have been uncomfortable, that have been scary. Absolutely. And I think the the perspective, you know, the attitude that we could choose in the midst of it even on the hard days, I think that made all the difference as well. Here is a couple who has shown such resilience by moving from one coast to another and literally starting their lives over from scratch with very little to no support. And so I'm watching this and looking at this in real time and just saying to myself, these are some really strong individuals that have something within them that's allowing them to do this. So, Jen, how did you feel knowing that Steve was coming to this side of the world, so to speak? What position did that put you in? That's a really good question. And I'm going to share some things that maybe Steve and Anna definitely don't know about. But when I had received the information that we were going to get someone across the country And I'm thinking right now, like, wow, that's pretty brave. And I wonder what this guy is like. He's got to be a special type of personality. I just already had that feeling that this was someone who was full of life, full of energy. I think it's pretty above standard. When I heard that this was happening, I just immediately prayed for you guys just because I knew Wow, what a transition. And how do we really welcome someone without being there? So it was our first time ever doing that as well, like trying to become a team in the environment of being virtual. Those were my thoughts. And I always wondered, how did this conversation happen? Can I ask you guys that? Like, how does a couple who are very well rooted in a place already? I mean, you guys had a happy life in Florida, right? It wasn't like you guys were trying to run away from anything. Or were you? Not at all. We saw ourselves there for years. We absolutely loved our town. And we got to the point where we said, what is God up to? Is he doing something here? Because it just came so quickly. And he orchestrated all of the tiny details within a month. It was such a fast transition. But truly, it was our passion to obedience to Jesus's calling. That's what fueled us. To be able to say, yes, we're going to do something that seems crazy. Right. (laughs) Like Anna shared at the beginning, just don't say no to God. Uh, I did. I said no to moving from our where we had met and spent many years in Ohio. I said no to moving to Florida, but the doors just kept opening. And sure enough, off we went and then fell in love there. Like just with the people, you know, I had a great team there as well. And it was wonderful. But if we stay too long in that, if we stay too long in the wonderful and the comfort, we stop growing. And uh, and God is not about 
a stalemate. God is about growth. God is about moving forward. You know, when I was being recruited to come out to California, I said no again. You'd think I had learned, but I didn't. <laughs> And I said no again and and just really looked for every reason not to come. But the thing was, God just kept showing me the open doors. like running when you take just one more step in front of you and eventually you get to the end of the marathon. So it's just all about just looking at the next step. And we did that. Both Anna and I prayed. And then eventually all those steps that we took led us here and led me to a team that I mean, it's honestly a family that I just didn't know I needed in my life. And to neighbors that we've gotten the chance to meet during a pandemic when the whole world is scared to interact and connect. And that doesn't happen by happen chance, right? That's a plan. And it's a beautiful story. That's so awesome. Uh, Steve, you mentioned something that uh, I'm aware of about both you and Anna. You said something about running. And I just want to tap into that just a little bit, because I know that's a part of your lives. And it may not be a passion, but it's something that you do and that you like doing or enjoy doing. So can you just share with us a little bit about that? Absolutely, Corey. You hit it all on the head. We definitely enjoy it. It's something we've been able to do as a couple. We actually ran our uh, first full marathon was at Disney World for our fifth year anniversary because we figured if we die, we should die at the happiest place on earth. So we went to Disney World to complete our first full marathon. But we um, continued running and we actually found that that was one thing when we moved the first time to Florida really helped us feel like ourselves again. And, you know, in the chaos of moving in a pandemic, it's easy to kind of get sedentary. We learned when we were here that that was one thing we needed to implement back into our lives. And so we've been running the hills of California. (laughs) And there's so many of them. Oh, my goodness, the elevation. But another thing that I think of is when we say yes, we choose to be obedient to God. A lot of times it's not just that first yes. You have to continue saying yes. Um, Mm. on the hard days, you know, you think, Mm. okay, I'm going to follow how he's leading me in my life and it's going to be great, right? No, there are still really hard days and challenging days Mm. that make us rely on him. I do think of running, you know, if we knew how hard it would be, we might not, you know, press on and press into that. So it truly is a gift that you don't know sometimes how hard those days might be. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the marathon. And when we say we run, Anna is the runner. Like, she loves it. I just I tag along because I like being with her. <laughs> um, but she is the runner. And when we were planning for our first marathon and every half marathon after that, if I think too much, if I dwell too much on the end, I lose sight and I lose perseverance and I, I want to quit. So for me, the lesson that I get from running, what I've learned from my wife, honestly, is to, like I said, just to pay attention to the next step in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that's all that you have to take. And everybody can manage and muster up the courage and the strength to just take one more step. And then you have to choose to do it again. And it's like like you said, I love that. It's just you have to constantly say yes to that next step. And eventually you end up at the finish line. And for a race, you know where that is. In life, we don't get to know what that looks like, but we can anticipate and we can trust that it is good. And it's, it's worth all the miles. Corey and I are not runners, but I have a true story. I don't know if you've been on this trail yet, and it's called Claremont Loop. And so when you get to Claremont Loop, I think it's a total of five miles. 
and you can go to the left and you go to the right. So the left is really steep, whereas the right was a steady incline. When Corey and I years ago were on a weight loss journey, <laughs> our friends took us to Claremont Loop and they said, let's go to the left. So, you know, I'm a follower when it comes to working out and exercise. So we did that. And I know exactly what you guys are talking about. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really steep. I don't think I'm going to make it. But it really was just your will to take that next step and the next step. And Anna, I saw women walking up the steep hill, looking all cute, talking like nothing. Meanwhile, I'm trying to catch my breath and they're like, (laughs) no big deal. And I was like... What encouraged me is that as we were going up, I saw the one and a half mile mark and I thought I just made one and a half miles. And it encouraged me because you could see the pace and you could see the results. And then we get to three miles and I'm like, holy crap, we did three miles up this hill. And then the rest was downhill. I mean, I thought it was going to be easy downhill. But no, it actually worked my legs out more because, you know, to keep from falling. I understand I'm not a runner, but I get that just one step at a time and you build momentum and you get there. Such a good feeling. And I think that's what really happens, Corey, when you said resilience and they moved from Florida to California and then they shared a story about moving from Ohio to Florida. It's like building that momentum. We've done it before. We saw the benefits of that. Let's just try this. Yeah, their muscles are incredible as far as resiliency. It's just a testament of what you can learn from people if you just sit back, listen, and sometimes even watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to just interject here that while it, it was a lot of resilience and you guys are using just wonderful adjectives for how this transition over here was, and it makes it sound a little bit easier, it was very, very difficult. Coming here during a lockdown in California is been a lot slower than than other places to kind of open up and a little bit more stringent in some regards. We've never felt more alone in our entire lives. The time zone made it more challenging because everybody else was, you know, eating dinner when we're just eating lunch and and just feeling alone in that. Yeah. Mm. And it's so strong, that feeling. And, and sometimes that emotion can just be the only thing you can see right in front of your face. I don't know if anybody's ever felt like that, but, you know, it's just you think, is this ever going to go away? Am I ever going to feel joy being in this new land that we were moved to? We said yes to and we were obedient and we came here. And now what? Like, there's nothing Mm. here for us. And then you get a little bit of anger, a little bit of fear, a little resentment, you know, the homesickness. And if that's all you pay attention to and you don't push beyond, there's so much in life that you can miss out on. And I would say that's 100% true here. You know, we pushed through that. I can't tell you how many times I thought, okay, what is my, what's the backup plan that I can just press a quick escape button and poof, be back in Florida. Those mm. thoughts did come through my mind. I trusted God and Anna and I would pray and we'd come together and our, I would say our marriage really grew through that trial, through that hard time. It transformed us. And now that we're almost, what is it, Jen, like eight, nine months now? Yeah. You know, we're, we've pushed beyond the six month mark and it feels like home. I love the fact that you were just very transparent and very honest about your uh, true feelings in your transition. I would never take away from that for nothing. Uh, What I will point out, though, is that I equate it to 
the training of a boxer. A boxer trains for months, sometimes years to prepare for a fight. And although in that boxing ring, he's receiving punches and blows directly to the face, directly to the stomach, uh, even sometimes to the kidney and even below the belt, which is an unfair hit. A boxer gets through with the fight and he prevails and wins. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at two boxers who have prevailed and won in this particular situation. Now, there there will be other fights and there will be other rounds to, to battle through. Mm -hmm. However, you've won this one and it was tough and you took some hits and some below the belt punches and that's the resiliency that I'm referring to. I'm, I'm not just talking about the surface level resiliency. I'm talking about that deep down digging for it. PKO, Corey, right? Absolutely. Total knockout. <laughs> well, you know us to take the elevator. We say look up and let's elevate. elevate. Let's elevate. <laughs> elevate.